Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Today is another, another good day. Hi, this is Arthur Pearly Martin, and thank you guys so very much for joining in on my Sunday morning 9 a.m. podcast. Today is going to be our last study, the last day for my book, Understanding Your Own Issues and Other Issues, and then we're going to move on into other things, uh, whatever the Lord tells us to, about being are we self-centered or (laughs) God-centered. I'm telling you, this podcast is for mature audience only because it's going to require us to see ourselves and it's going to cause us not to blame anyone else um, because God is interested in us confessing our own faults one to another, not the faults of others. Um, Today, um, thank you again for joining in and um, invite someone into my podcast. Uh, 9 a.m. Thank you again. This is Dr. Pearlie Martin. Uh, Biblical principles for daily living. We the word of God is the power of God, and we're gonna need our soul to be anchored in the word, anchored in the word of God, not the words of others. Because as we approach these end times, even the elect will be deceived. You know, serpent, the devil likes to take the word of God and twist it and and make it say what he wants it to say, but. We have to stick to the word and go search out the scriptures like they did in the book of Acts to make sure that our pastors, preachers, teachers, leaders, and even ourselves um, is hearing the word of God correctly. Okay? So um, I'm coming out of my book, Understanding Only, page 67. Of course, I'm not reading it word for word. I'm just expounding from it. Today's topic is seeing others through the eyes of Jesus. Seeing people the way God see them. Yesterday, we talked about self-perception, seeing our way, to, in other words, seeing ourselves the way God sees us. Uh, do we, are we seeing ourselves in, in line with, according to the word of God? Um, because when we see ourselves other than who God sees us as being, then we're believing a lie and we're living a lie. And we cannot walk in who we are until we know who's who and whose we are. So it's very important that we understand our identity in Christ Jesus. So understanding our identity in Christ Jesus. You guys pick up that book. It's my book online. It's this Bible study guide. They're Bible scriptures. Um, we need to just get the word of God on the inside of us. We need to know who we are in Christ. Um, but today we're going to come from 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. And we're going to pray. First, Father, we just thank you for being in the midst of us, Lord God. We thank you. You said we're two or three. There you are in the midst of us. You are amongst us, Father God. And we just thank you that we have ears to hear. We have eyes to see. Our spiritual eyes are open. We thank you that our heart is good ground, Father. We're not here to resist you, but we're here to submit to your will, your way. Um, we come together in agreement that we say we want what you want, Lord. Not our will be done, but let your will be done. We come with surrendered hearts uh, and we're uh, ready to receive not so just we can hear the word, Father, but we can carry out your word because faith without works is dead. And um, Father God, we just thank you, Lord God, that uh, that you would give us a rhema word so we can begin to see ourselves the way you see us. So we will not walk in condemnation, um, but we'll know that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and that we have been forgiven. Father God, we will learn to forgive us ourselves like you forgave us in Jesus' name. We pray and we thank you, Father, for revealing uh, those areas in our lives, uh, for delivering us and setting us free. For you said if we continue your word, we are your disciples indeed, Father. We will know the truth. And the truth will set us free. And we come together hungering and thirsting after righteousness, Father. And we know that our hunger will attract you. Because when your children are hungry, you will feed them. So we ask for fresh manner, Father God. Give us a rhema word. Father, reveal to us in your word what it is you want us to see. So we can be free, Father. So we can walk in the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we just give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, guys. Thank you again for joining in. This is Arthur Pearlie Martin. Um, share my podcast and if you'd like to support us hit the support button on my uh, podcast page okay so we're going to start off with 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 it says for he for he made him who knew no sin um, to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him um, so God made his son Jesus to, who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we could be in right standings with God. And so when we accept God, we are in right standings with God. See, Jesus has already done all these things. We just have to 
believe and receive and accept it. Just like Jesus has already died for our sins, but we have to believe in our heart and accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. In other words, the work is already done, but we have to, our part is we have to receive it, believe it, and then act on it. We have a part to play. You know, we have a part to play. We have to um, do our part. We have to believe and confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he did die and he rose. And then we, you know, and we can be born again. Or just whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, We do have to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life um, to be in fellowship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, But I'm coming here today that to remind us of that, that he who knew no sin became sin so that we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus for us by faith that we are saved. Uh, It's by faith and grace that we're saved and not by our own works, lest any man should boast. It's the Lord's doing, not our doing. But um, again, I dropped in today to talk about seeing ourselves the way God, seeing others the way God sees them. Um, And I want to start off talking about... um, Saint David um, to prove to us because how many of you know that the word of God it will interpret itself okay um, so um, to prove that God sees us according he, he sees us the way he created us and not based upon uh, what we do or don't do um, we're gonna I'm gonna read it here for from from you for you when Sam when Jesse went to uh, uh, when Jesse when Samuel went to uh, Jesse's house to pick a king uh, it's first Samuel 16 7 I'm reading from the English Standard Version it says but the Lord said to Samuel do not look on his appearance or on the height of his statue because Samuel was Sam the Lord told Samuel the prophet let me tell you the surroundings the Lord told Samuel the prophet to go to Jesse's house because you know there's a the king is there. The person he wants to anoint for king is one of Jesse's sons. So Sam, Samuel the prophet goes to Jesse's house. This is 1 Samuel 16, 7. Read that whole chapter, please. He goes to the house. And so he's he he, he told Jesse to bring him, bring his sons in. Because, you know, he was there to anoint one of his sons king. Because Samuel, he didn't know who the prophet was. He just knew his assignment was to go to Jesse's house. So that's what he did. He did what the Lord told him to. And when he got there, then the Lord was going to give him the other part of the of the uh, revelation, of the uh, the word of knowledge or prophetic word. He was going to lay him in on some more information. After he had did the first thing, then God was able to, first word, then God was able to give him a second word. So here he is now. And he so Jesse brings all his sons into the house. And so Samuel is going down the line looking at Jesse's sons. And he's saying, uh, but, uh, but the Lord said to, him, to Samuel, because he knew what he was thinking. He said, do not look on his appearance or on the height. Because he was saying, surely this must be the one, you know. Because Samuel was looking on the outside. How many of us judge people by looking at them on the outside? But see, when we judge people based upon what we can see with our natural physical eye that's not that's carnal that's not spiritual okay that's that's judging people by what you can see that's why it's not even really good to judge a book by its cover because you have to read the story to know the story (laughs) got to go inside you got to go inside you got to be able to discern and we got to be able to go inside so we can distinguish what's good, what's evil, and the word of God and the gifts of the spirit will begin to operate. How many of you know that? So um, here the Lord was giving him the gifts were operating. He was being led by the spirit. He went there and then um, the Lord was getting ready to give him a word of knowledge. He was getting ready. He was going to let him know some stuff. Okay. And so here, here he is. And so, but the Lord says, Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature. You know, don't get caught up on the outward appearance because I have rejected him. Mm. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Lord Jesus Christ. He said, man, we look at the outside and when we don't have the ability to discern, we go by what we can see. But this is why the Lord is telling us, you know, you're going to know them by their fruit, not by what they look like. 
And a lot of people have been passed up and passed by because people are looking at their outward appearance. Because when you don't have the ability to discern, we're not, we can practice. The Bible tells us to practice our ability to discern. We can practice. How do you practice? By, by um, distinguishing, okay, is this good or is this evil? Is it, what does God's word say about this? What does God's word say about me doing this? Uh, okay, so when I find out what the words say do, and if I'm if I'm doing opposite to what it's saying, then I've just learned how to distinguish. Okay, that's not God because that's not good. That's not God because that's according to His word here. He did, that's not what it says for Him. To, you know, that's it's opposite to what His word is saying. So that's not God. That's how we distinguish good from evil. We need to exercise. We need to exercise our ability to discern. We're definitely going to, um, let me see if I can find that scripture. Um, we're definitely going to have to know how to do that in this season. Um, because even the elect is going to be deceived. That's Hebrews 5 and 14. Hebrews 5 and 14 says, but solid food is for the Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skills to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Let me read the uh, 13 verse. That was uh, Hebrews 5, 14. 13 says, for everyone who lives on milk is still an infant, inexperienced in the message of righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained their senses to distinguish from good from evil. So we can train our senses by distinguishing good from evil, by measuring everything to, and it should be to and in line with the word of God. Anything outside of the word of God is not God. I don't care how good it is or how good it looks. If this is against what God says, then this is not for us to do. This is how we're distinguishing. Isn't that what we try to do to our babies, our kids? We're trying to help teach them to discern. We're trying to teach them what's good, what's evil, what's right, what's wrong. And so we're training them. Parenting is training. You're teaching them, don't touch it. It's hot. It'll burn. You know, hey, don't don't get too close to the edge of the couch. You're going to fall. You're going to hit the floor. What are we doing? Don't hang with people that wants to get in trouble because it can get you in trouble. What are we doing? We're training our children. We're teaching them to discern. We're trying to teach them to distinguish good from evil and right from wrong, right? God is good. The devil is evil. But then there's a spiritual discernment too. That's one of the nine gifts of the spirit, which is a revelatory gift. I'm going to teach on that one day. Uh, discerning of the spirits. Well, with the Holy Spirit will let us be able to, you know, the world call it energy. As believers, let's not use that word. That's a new age word, okay? When, oh, they got good vibes or that's good energy. No, it, um, it's a spirit that you're discerning. Let, be careful with that so we don't start getting off into new age stuff. Their vibes were bad. Their energy was bad. All this kind of stuff. Now, chances are the Lord is allowing you to discern some stuff. He's letting you know something ain't quite right. I don't know exactly what that is, but something is kind of off. Uh, okay, um, but I'm, I'm trying to stick with this. Okay, so God looks at the outside. I mean, God looks at the inside, excuse me, but man looks on the outside. He tells him, he said, for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So this is why I, I said that to say, so of course we know that David, uh, Jesse, if you keep reading that story, please, First Samuel 16, he, 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 Jesse brings all his sons in, but he didn't bring David in. He didn't even consider David, you know, because he was a young, straggly boy. He was 17. He wasn't even in the military. He wasn't, he didn't have the statue. He didn't have the military training. He had counted David out. <laughs> How many of you know, though, that God is preparing some men in secret and they're coming up out the caves. <laughs> they're coming up out the caves in this season, this end time. Those men that's been in the caves, those are the remnants because <laughs> he been preparing and equipping and he kept some things undercover like he did Jesus. You know what? The devil didn't even know who Jesus was because the Bible says that if he would have known that he was crucifying the son of glory, he would not have done it. <laughs> so there, that's good. God is hiding you. God has hid some men and women in this season 
So they would not have been corrupt. He's isolated you, separated you, caused you to be rejected by men so you can be chosen by him. He separated you. Separate me unto me, uh, uh, Barnabas. And I forgot the other guy's name. For the work of the ministry. God separated you. And he set you in that cave. And he set you by yourself. And he set you alone. So you could spend some time with him. He set aside those distractions. He set aside the phone from being able to call all the time. So you and him could get together. And get some things together. You know what? He anointed David King. He said no. He, he After he went down the line. The Lord said no, 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 no. He was giving him words of knowledge. That's not him. That's not him. Not him. And then he said, hold on, is there another one? Because, you know, Sam, it was like, now I know I'm not off something. There must be another one because I know I heard the Lord tell me to come to Jesse's house because he was going to anoint one of his sons to be king. So he said he didn't just walk away and thought that he missed it. He, he understood. He had a clear word from the Lord. So he said, um, is there, he didn't say, God, you made a mistake or anything like that. You know, he was like, well, do you have another son? So he bought David in, but it's it's so it's so uh, it's so amazing how Jesse had a king in his house, and he didn't even recognize him. But God was hiding him. You know, it looks like nobody's recognizing you. Nobody under, knows the gifts, and and that's okay because it's not you anyway. It's God. So that's all that. Even that, all the training, all, that's just part of the humbling process. It doesn't matter if people know you. It's not about people knowing you. It's not about people knowing us. It's about people knowing the God inside of us. But every time, is, everything is for a time, and everything is for a season. And as we read this story, as we go along, if you continue to read that uh, first Samuel, you're going to see the story. So the reason Jesse was at the house in the first place is because he was taking one king down to put another king up. <laughs> you know what uh, it was um it was David time for promotion it was time for his promotion and uh God was coming to confirm him <laughs> it was this was David ordination service what we would say the the priest was coming uh, the prophet was coming to anoint him to activate him but David was still even though David was a king he was always a king he just didn't know it until the Samuel came and confirmed it. The prophet, a prophet will come and confirm you. He will let you know some things that you don't know. But when we don't see ourselves the way God sees us, it's hard sometimes for us to even see ourselves according to what the prophet says. But whoever receives the prophet will receive the prophet's reward. Right? So when when uh, when they, he went in to anoint David, uh, David came in, he anointed David and David was king. But you know, um, he, uh, he, 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 he activated him. He could step really into his position, but even though he anointed him for king, he went, still went and set him up on the Saul. Saul was, supposed was kind of, I guess he was going to try to learn some stuff from him. He became his, he used to be, well, Saul sent for him because he used to be tormented by evil spirits. So he sent for him because David, he could play the violin. So when David would play the violin, his gift made room for him. He went from tending sheep to playing violin for for the king. (laughs) After he was promoted and after he was anointed and uh, it was time for him to rise up, he set him in the king's palace. He set him in that environment so he can learn some things and see some things and see how a king is supposed to be treated. (laughs) He, He was preparing him for the, he was preparing, he had already prepared him and equipped him for the battle. But he was preparing and equipping them for the work of the ministry. So, uh, long story short, I'm just trying to get to the fact that how God does not see man the way we see people. So that God said David was a king, even though in the natural he looked like a shepherd who was a little young shepherd boy tending sheep. How many of you know God says that my sheep will know my voice, and a stranger's voice they will not follow, right? Meaning. He never said that we would know them by the vessel. He said we would know them. We would know him by the voice. I don't know about you, but he spoke through a donkey. So if you would have looked at the vessel, you would have missed out on the voice. <laughs> let's quit. When we talk to people, let's listen to their spirit because that's the real us. Okay. Because um, um, we're listening for the voice. We're listening for the voice and we're not looking at the vessel. Anything God created, he can command. He can use it. He said, I'll make those rocks cry out if you won't praise me. You know what I'm saying? And he can do just that. He made that donkey talk. 
that's a humbling experience for me to know that if God can use a donkey, I'm not, I mean, he can use anybody. He can use my grandkids. He'll speak through them. Whoever we yield our members to, that's who we serve to. And God loves us so much. Guess what? If he has to use a donkey to stop us from killing ourselves, he can. That's because he was the prophet of Baal was finna to be beheaded. And the death angel was standing right there with a sword. He was going to kill him. But God loved him so much that he allowed a donkey to speak to, to save his life. Okay, I'm sticking with the subject here. So God looked at David and said, he's a man after... after listen, David... He's the, the let, let me go on and read this. 1 Samuel 13, 14, NLT. I don't want to get ahead of myself. He says, but now this is uh, Samuel talking to Saul. The prophet Samuel saying to Saul, but now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler over his people because you have not kept the commands of the Lord. So King Saul, Samuel was telling Saul, your time is over because you didn't do what God told you to do. So now he has found a man. He has found David. And David is a man after his own heart. We're talking about the David that committed the uh, adultery at Bathsheba and had her husband killed. She put He put her husband Uriah on the front line so he could be killed because she had got pregnant. We're, we're talking about that. We're talking about that David. Um, that's the David that God said was a man after his own heart. Why did God say... On the outside, uh, if you would have just been looking at his life on the outside, there is no way. But see, that's the carnal mind. Because God said, man, look on the outside. You're looking at what they do. But I'm telling you, what they do is not who they are. You're looking at their actions, but what they're doing is not who they are because that's not who I created them to be. See, God sees us the way he created us to be. And that is the pursuit. We should be in pursuit of of, of uh, our identity finding out now that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus according to 2 Corinthians 5 17 if any man be in Christ he's a new creation old things have passed away behold look see all things have become new now what we our, our pursuit should be trying to find out who we are in Christ Who? what's my new identity who am I isn't that what we're looking for when we're doing these trees, these accessories, we're trying to see where we came from. Well, we need to do our, our God accessory tree, our spiritual accessory tree. We need to find out who we are in Christ Jesus. Who does God say you are? Because we cannot walk in who we are until we know who we are. But God sees us according to how he, he created us. He didn't see, it wasn't that he didn't see what David did because he sent the prophet Samuel to re- correct him, to rebuke him. And it drew David to repentance because God, David did have a heart after God. But just when he was saying that he have a heart after God, God wasn't saying that David was perfect. Our flesh is not perfect. But God was saying that David will do what he say do. This means if David, David is quick to repent, it's easy to pray for people who have a tender heart towards God. Sometimes we do we do things out of ignorance. David got caught up in that relationship with Bathsheba, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, that and it drew him in. He was king who was going to stop him. He could kill him. Even Bathsheba had to come or he could have had her killed. But when God sent the prophet Samuel to correct David, and he Samuel told him a story, and he said, "What what what do you think should happen to this man who did this?" Oh, well, he should, this should happen and that should happen. And he said, that man is you. And David just wept. He was sorry to God. How many of you know that the Bible tells us, he said, it's godly sorrow that worketh repentance unto salvation. And when we have a heart that's tender towards God, it doesn't mean that we're not going to fall down. A righteous man, the Bible says, will fall seven times. He'll keep getting back up. Why? Because his heart, for real, his heart is in pursuit of God. God said that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Not everyone is being rebellious. Some people really just don't know. And when we don't know, that's when the devil is able to come in and take advantage of us. But then the thing about a person whose heart is right towards God, when they find out the truth, it crushes them. I'm telling you. I mean, God has said to show me some heart crushing truth about myself. And I am telling you, I weep before the Lord like a baby. 
because I was sorry to God. I didn't know I was doing that. I was sorry to God. And godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation. Are you sorry to God? I did a video on that on YouTube. Look it up. Are you sorry to God? Because when we're sorry to God, that's when true change will come. My people are destroyed, he said, because of a lack of knowledge. Because they don't know. And so what we don't know is hurting us. And that's the Bible study right there. There's some things that we need to know. I don't. I want to know what God knows. He said, before the foundations of the world, he knew me. I need to know. I want to know what God knows about me. He said he knew me. God, what is it you know about me? There's some things that you know about me that I need to know. And sometimes he'll send a prophet by to tell you <laughs> some things that he knows. So don't despise prophecy. Because he'll use a prophet to tell you. A prophet speaks on, a true prophet will speak on behalf of God. And a true prophet will let you know the mind of God. And he will let you know some things that God thinks about you. Despise not the prophecy. And despise not the gifts of the spirit. Because God operates the revelatory gifts. They can tell you some stuff. Words of knowledge, the prophetic gifts, a discerning of the spirits. They can tell you some stuff. Those are revelatory gifts. Those are the gifts that reveal stuff. Words of wisdom. He'll tell you what to do. He can have someone to give you a word of wisdom and tell you what to do. Okay, I'm trying to get back in this. So God did not see David based upon what he did. But even though he did deal with that, because like I said, he did send the prophet because he will deal with our sin because that's what the Holy Spirit comes to do, come to convict, convict us, not to condemn us. So he sent the prophet by to deal with David's sin. David repented and God restored him because God, how many of you know that God wished that none of us should perish? So whatever, whatever area in our lives that we know that's off with God, just be sorry to God. Be sorry to God and just repent because when we're sorry to God, that's when real change will happen. Not just when we're sorry to other people, but when we're sorry to God. I'm trying to stick with the subject, but I'm going to flow with the spirit. Okay. Seeing ourselves the way God sees us. You know, the devil, I'm sure, you know, he, like I say, he is, he comes to condemn us. He is the accuser. The Bible say that the devil is the accuser of the brother, the brethren. He comes to bring the accusations to remind us of the things that we didn't do right. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. You didn't do this. That's his job to try to keep us down and to keep us from understanding and knowing that when we do sin, that we do have an advocate with the Father and we do need to say we're sorry and we do need to confess our faults and we do need to repent so we can get in right standings with God because what that does, it causes us to walk in darkness. Remember Jesus said we say that we have fellowship with him, but we still live a lifestyle of sin, then we are a liar and the truth is not in us. He's talking about a lifestyle. But when we fall down, just a righteous man falls down and get back up. Get back up and say, Lord, please forgive me. I'm sorry. I receive your forgiveness because it's already done. And keep moving forward. Quit thinking you have to start over every time you fall down. Pick up where you left off. Say, Lord, here I am. What is it you want me to do today, Lord? Because every day is a new day. And every day is a new beginning to begin again. Something different to begin again I'm doing whatever it is that God has actually to do. Just every day, let's get up and acknowledge God in all our ways and say, Lord, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? I'm here to submit myself to you, not to resist you. Okay. Um, so we see here, Dave, God looked at David and said, he's a man after my own heart. He done killed Rahab's husband. He did all those other things, but God forgave him because he was quick to repent. Why did God say that David was a man after his own heart? He said that David was a man after his own heart because he would do what he asked him to do. <laughs> That's why God said he is. In Acts 13, 22, it says, let me read it here. This is a cross reference. He said, but God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. <laughs> so in other words, 
when David has knowledge of some truth, he will do what God say do. That's how I am. When I hear something preached, taught, or whatever, or Lord give me a word, I mean instantly, I want to do it right then. I don't want to do it later. I don't want to say, well, I'm going to start tomorrow. No. this He said it right now. Right now is when I have faith to do it. I want to do it right now. God, this is what you said. Then this is what I need to do. And that's how he wants us to be. Quick to repent. This is what you said. Okay, I'm doing it because God said to do it. It doesn't matter what they do or don't do. See, it doesn't matter what they do or don't do. They, who is they anyway? I, we have to, we're, we're called to have an individual relationship with Jesus Christ. And when we're living outside of the word of God, we're living outside of the will of God. There's no condemnation. Let's just start today. Today is a new day. Today we get to do what God's word say. We can take this word and put it into action and we'll see the manifestation of God's grace, mercy, and compassion um, upon us. When we want to do what God wants us to do, he will grace us to do what he's asked us to do. He will strengthen us. He will give us his strength, his might, and his power because we can't do it on our own. It's not by might nor by power. We can't change ourselves. If we could change ourselves, we wouldn't need Jesus Christ. We wouldn't need we wouldn't need the power of God. We wouldn't need God for anything. What would be the purpose? That we could fix ourselves. It's already finished. It's already done. We just got to see what God's promise has to say about it. So there he said, David was a man after his own heart. Let's go on. He said, Abraham, it, Abraham, you know, the one that slept with Bathsheba's uh, maid because, uh, I mean, slept with the Sarah's maid, handmaid, because Sarah, you know, they came up with their own plan of how they was going to get this son. And when we, and that's what happens, you know, we come up with our own plan. God will give us a word. We get to try to figure out how he's going to do it. That's not our part. Our part is not to try to figure out how God is going to do anything. He tells us to lean not to our own understanding. Okay. In other words, don't, don't be sitting up trying to figure out stuff, you know, but, in, um, but in him acknowledge for us to acknowledge him in all our ways and he would direct our path, right? Proverbs tells us this, lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways, acknowledge God and he would direct our path. He don't want us trying to figure out stuff. He wants us to come to him like a child comes to a parent. And we, he wants us to ask him for his permission. He wants us to ask him for his wisdom. We want, he wants us to ask him to acknowledge him. And he said, A-L-L, all our ways. And he will direct our path. In other words, see what the will of God is concerning that situation, one translation say. And then God will direct your path. He will cause you, you know, put you on a straight path. God, what is your counsel concerning this? What does your word say concerning this situation, concerning this circumstance? And then he would direct their path. So Abraham was considered, uh, Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. Wow. Faith without works is dead. That's why believing in God is not enough. We must first believe that he exists because even demons believe. Okay. But just believing is not enough. We have to act on what his words say. Yeah, I believe God will do this. I believe God was really already done. I believe God said this. I believe God wanted me to take off anger. I believe God wanted me to work on walk in love or whatever it is. But it wasn't Abraham. God said that Abraham was his friend. Now we're talking about the Abraham who slept with uh, Sarah's handmaid and had a baby by by her. And who lied about Sarah being his wife. But God said to Abraham, because see, man looks on the outside, but God looks on the inside. But the Bible says it was accounted unto him. He, he got credit for believing God. And so God said, you know what? You are my friend. Because you, not only do you believe, you believe me. You believe me, but you, I know that you believe me because you acted on what I said. Once again, it's coming back to doing what he said. It's the doer of the word that's blessed and not the hearer only. I'm talking about doing what God says. I'm talking about doing what God says. Because we act on what we believe. We act on what we believe. I'm, I'm going to sit here for a second so you can get that. We act on what we believe. And so when God told Abraham to sacrifice his only son, you know, the one that he had promised to give him, <laughs> Isaac, <laughs> Abraham believed God so much that he was going to do it. 
he, he thought, well, he must go give me another one. Because this is what he said, and this is what I'm going to do. See, if, if God can trust you, God will use you. Isn't that the pattern here? It See, because man is looking on the outside, but God is looking at his heart. God said, mm, I can use this heart. His heart. He'll do what I say. He He's obedient. Yeah, he's doing some things that he shouldn't be doing. That's because he don't, he don't know yet. Because, you know, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And he's still growing and he's still learning. So he's lying about Sarah being his wife because he don't know that he can trust me. He don't know that I'll protect him. And God did get him out of that jam, didn't he? Gave the king a dream. But what I'm saying is he used him because he looked at the inside of his heart. Uh, what I'm saying is we have to see people the way God sees them. And when we discern something, the discerning of the spirit is not just for evil. It's for good, too. If all you can see is demons, that's not really discerning of the spirit. I mean, I'm saying as far as concerning people, because discerning of the spirit, you can see demons in the spiritual realm. I'm talking about this when it comes to discerning people, discerning of the spirits. If if all you can see is evil in people all the time, then something's kind of off because I've seen some people that act. Let's not confuse the person with the spirit, okay? That we have to be able to separate to discern. You got to separate the spirit from the person. Because Jesus, when he dealt with the demon, he knew it wasn't the person. He would tell Jesus the demons would scream, Why did you come to torment us? He would say, Come out of him, loose him. And the man was sitting up there clothed in his right mind. And then he want to follow Jesus. Jesus said, no, go on. I need you to stay here so you can go tell other people. I need you to stay here so you can use, you can, you can go and tell other people how I put your, brought you, clothed you in a sound mind. I need you to go and testify so other people can be saved. How many of you know that when God bring us out of something and deliver us from something, he wants us to go and tell. For we overcome is by our testimony, um, and the word of it's by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb that we overcome. We need to go tell somebody. When he when he uh, delivered the woman at the well, he told her to go and tell. Right, go and tell. He told the man, the demoniac man, no, don't follow me, stay here. Why? Because he needed him to reach those people in that region. How many people? Some of us don't even tell our testimony anymore. The word of God, because when we lose our fire for God, we lose our desire for the things of God. And and uh, our fire does not have to die. The same way we want to rekindle our marriages and things like that because we don't let the fire go out because it becomes so routine. That's the same way we need to rekindle our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Our fire do not have to die. If you spend as much time with the Lord as you do with your friends or your spouse or your family members or your kids, you would be, you know how we say, oh, I'm real close to my kids. Oh, me and my husband has a great relationship. How did that happen? From spending time together. And that's the same way with the Lord. The same way we spend time with our husband every day and we talk to him every day, our spouses. That's the same way we need to spend time with God every day and uh, talking to him every day and spending time in his word every day. It's a daily thing. It's not once or twice a week. We're talking relationship. We're not talking friends with benefits. We're not talking about just coming to God when you need something. Not that he's there because he's always there. He's a present help in our time of trouble. But I'm saying we can, you can have a casual relationship. Or he wants a dating relationship. He said hot or cold. I want you to be mine all the time. I'm a jealous God and I have no other gods before me. But anything and everything in our life that takes the place of God becomes our God. So whatever it is in our life that takes up all of our time, it could be anything. It could be the house that he blessed us with. I don't have time to read, to study, because I have to take care of my house. Or it could be the husband we prayed for. Oh, I don't have time for God because I have to spend this time with my husband. I have to spend this time with my kids. Has, has God given you anything and you've taken that thing and made it into your God? That's what the children of Israel did. They took the gold that God gave them and they made a golden calf. And that was their God. Because they got they came bored and idle. Our, our, our thing is, we're the main subject of our own life story. People are not our project. Women, your husband is not your project. Men, your wife is not your project. 
Our thing as believers is to pray for one another and let God do the work in us. I don't know about you, but my prayer is, Lord, here I am. It's me. I'm standing in the need of prayer. Because when my attitude is not right nor feeling some kind of way, it has nothing to do with my husband. I need to get myself straight so I can do what God has told me to do. Because to blame other people for how we are, remember I said earlier, it's a statement of weakness because we're saying they have power and control of us. I'm trying to finish up here. So God said, David was a man after his own heart. Why is this? Because he was looking at his heart and he knew, he knew that David would do what he say. He had a heart that he had an obedient heart. He would do what he say. It wasn't, he didn't say that he was a man after his own heart because he was perfect. He said it because he would do what he say and he was quick to repent. And then he said, Abraham was a friend of God. And it was accounted unto him as righteousness because he was going to offer his son Isaac on the altar. So you see his faith, his faith and his actions, they work together. Because to say you got faith, but then you don't act on what God's word say, that's not true. Jesus says, show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. Because faith without works is dead. In other words, saying that we believe something and not acting on it, that's dead. That's not real faith. So God said that Abraham was a friend of God because he was going to sacrifice his son Isaac on, on, on the altar. And it, it, his actions made his faith complete. So our, act, our actions is what causes our faith to be complete. So God said, I can trust him. I, I didn't say he was my friend because he was perfect. I didn't, he didn't say Abraham was his friend because he was perfect. And he didn't say, do, is your heart, do you have a heart to serve the Lord? Is your heart, do you, we have an obedient heart. No, an obedient heart is a good ground heart. That's the kind, that's the heart who hearts desire is not bent on doing things that they want. But they're, we're bent on doing what God wants. And we're, it's the heart that says, Lord, I messed up. It's the heart that's quick to repent. It's the heart that's sorry to God. That's the kind of heart that God is looking for. The heart that says, okay, Lord, this is what you say. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. Yes, that well you your flesh it don't mean your flesh is perfect because your flesh and your spirit is not the same thing the real us is our spirit we're three part being spirit soul and body and the real us is our spirit if you listen to yesterday's episode we talk i'm not trying to get all into it but we read over there in romans where the apostle paul was saying when i do the things that i don't want to do it's not i myself that's doing it but it's the sin that's in my flesh I think it's romans 5 and 7 something like that Go back and listen to yes, yesterday's uh, our, talking about our self-perception. But we have to be able to see others through the eyes of Christ. And when we can begin to see others the way God sees them, we won't always see evil in everything. Evil, oh, they're evil, oh, they're evil. Yes, but um, yeah, I see the, I see the evil just because I don't say nothing don't mean I don't see nothing. But there's a time and a season for everything. And if we'll use the wisdom of God by using his word, he can get he can deliver that person. We, he can get that person delivered and set free. If we'll use the wisdom of God. Look, look um, I think I, one day I think I want to do a book about the characteristics of Christ, his earthly ministry, because he came to earth to show his disciples the way, how to do it. This is how you do it. This is how you handle people. This is how you handle this. This is how you handle. He was mentoring them. That's what Jesus did. He, he came so that we can mimic them. He came so that she can, he, we can mimic them. He came as their mentor so he can mimic them. We were, as disciples, we're supposed to follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. So you look at how he handled people. When they wanted to stone the woman, he didn't get up and say, oh, how can y'all talk about her? Y'all got stuff too. He said he did, but he said it in a different way. He bent down on the ground. He said, let him without seeing cast the first stone. He is the wisest man in the world. The word of God is the wisdom of God. The word of God is the wisdom of God. So David was considered righteous, not based upon what he did, didn't, didn't do. He was considered a man after God's own heart because of what he would do for God. Abraham was considered a friend of God, not because of what, what he didn't do, but because of what he would do. He did, he proved his friendship. He proved that he proved to God that he believed him. He proved to God that he trusted him. 
And when we prove that to God that we trust him, when we prove to God that we believe him, do you see how the word of God will sanctify us and set us apart? Because every time we do what God say do, we say, we say no to what the devil want. Every time we say yes to what God want, we say no to what the devil want. And every, cause life is choices all day long. From the time we get up, we have to decide what we're going to do. We're going to brush our teeth. We're going to eat breakfast. I mean, we're making choices all day long. So life is choices. So when it comes to doing what God say do, we get to choose. Whoever we yield our members to, that's who we serve it to. So today, there's no condemnation because today, yesterday's gone, tomorrow's not yet. Here we are. God has given us another day. Today, we get to do what God say do. Let's see ourselves. Let's begin to see others and ourselves the way God sees us. And when we mess up, don't, don't, don't take what you do. What you do is not who you are. And what they do is not who they are. God knows how to separate the sin from the person. God hates sin, but God loves people. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16 tells us, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world. God loves people. He hates sin because it separates us from him, and it's evil. Okay, but God loves people. So we have to be able to separate the sin from the person we got when we can discern it. Lord, help me to discern. Father God, help us to distinguish good from evil. Give us your ability. Isn't that what King Solomon asked for when God told him he could have whatever he wanted? He said, Lord, give me your ability to discern so I can judge your people rightfully. You know, that's our prayer today. Father, give us the ability to discern so we can see people the way you see them. Because when we can see people the way God sees them, we can love unlovable people because we realize it's not them, but it's the enemy using them. And that in turn alone will cause us to stand in the gap and want to intercede for that person so they can be delivered and set free. The, I read that scripture yesterday where it was talking about with blessings and curses is in James. We, we bless the Lord our God with with our lips, and then we use those same lips to curse the people God created. That ought not be. He said that was that's not right. But the reason we're doing that is because we don't see people the way God sees them. See, God judge a man from the inside. Lord, help us to see what you see. Lord, help us to know what you know so we can love like you love. He never said you'll know them by the vessel. He said you'll know them by the voice. Quit judging people based upon what you see. I personally, if I see someone, um, I don't, when I see a person on, on drugs, know this, that people are outward manifestations. That's not who they are. That's coming out of a lie that they're believing. That person is doing drugs. They're not a, the reason that that's not who they are. That's what they do. That's not the real issue. You're looking, we're trying to deal with the fruit. The reason the fruit on the tree is bad not it's not because the fruit is bad it started somewhere down it, it has to do with the roots the branches the vines it goes deeper than that that's why when Jesus cursed the fig tree he cursed it at the root because it wasn't the reason it wasn't bearing good fruit is because it was something wrong at the root and we have to dig down on to get to the root cause of things if we want to bear good fruit in our lives we got to see why are you doing what you're doing we got to ask ourselves those questions Lord show me me what lie am I believing that the devil is using against me to hold me hostage? Let's quit judging people. And we'll quit judging people by what we see. Then the Lord will give us some insight on some stuff. Lord, why, why, why am I so quick to get angry? Oh, there's a, that root of rejection. You didn't forgive so-and-so. You judged so-and-so. And now that spirit is just tagging along. I'm telling you, when I wrote that book, Understanding Your Own Issues and Other Issues, that was my deliverance. The Lord let me see me. He let me see some other people, but he let me see me too. And I'm telling you, I cried and I cried. I was godly sorrow. I still am godly sorrow. But you know what? Relationship, relationship, relationship. Everything comes back to the same thing. Getting in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Loving on God like God loves us. So there's no condemnation because guess what? If you heard this part, if you hurt yourself in any of it, just say, Lord, forgive me. I repent. Help me to do what you say. Grace me. Because you said you give grace to those that are humble. 
but you resist the proud. In other words, when I humble myself under the Lord and say, Lord, I want to do what you want, then he will grace me. He will give me his power, his anointing, his strength, his ability to do whatever it is that he's asked me to do. So to every day, to, uh, uh, today, I'm excited because today is another day that I get to do what God say. I want to talk about Rahab the prostitute real quick here because we're running out of time. It says Rahab the prostitute, she's another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions uh, when she did those, when she, when she hid the messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just like the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Wow, that's powerful. I'm getting ready to end it here. Faith without works is dead. Let's begin to see people the way God sees people. That Jesha walked by faith. Faith is the substance things hope for the evidence of things not seen. Let's see people the way God sees people. And when we see, because uh, man look on the outside, but God looks on the inside. So our prayer is, Lord, help us to discern. King Solomon asked you for the ability to discern so he can judge rightfully. Help us to discern, Father, so we can judge rightfully, so we can distinguish between good and evil and right from wrong. And we won't be so quick to judge people based on the outside, but we'll have compassion for what they're going through and be able to pray to break that thing off of them. Because you wish that none should perish, Father. So we're going to end it here. Let's see people the way God sees them. He said, man, look on the outside, but God looks on the inside. Father, help us to see people the way you see. Help us to be able to discern. We thank you for your gifts operating, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. We release it right now in Jesus' name. I'm getting ready to end it here. When we have a desire to serve God, he will give us what we need to serve him. He will allow the gifts of the spirits to operate because the Holy Spirit is the counselor. So we can be able to properly talk to people, not based upon where they are, but based upon where God wants them to be. I'm ending it here. You guys be so blessed. Be encouraged. Uh, Father, we just repent today of things that we we did for those things that wasn't pleasing to you, that wasn't right for, for, for you. And we receive your forgiveness right now in Jesus' name. And Father, here we are again today, submitting our will and our way to you, saying, Lord, What is it you want us to do? Not our will, not our way, not our want. In Jesus' name. You guys, thank you for joining in. This is the end of my Understanding Your Own Issue series. Um, But we will be starting back up again. We're going to be starting about are we self-centered or are we God-centered or self-centered? Okay, guys, you be blessed, be encouraged. Meet me back here again tomorrow morning at uh, 9 a.m. And keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. Thank you.